Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now on Mackie and John. Do you believe in past lives? Did we ever really land on the moon? Questions. What are the six degrees that separate you and Kevin Bacon? Of significant importance. All right, we're hanging out here for another hour. Royce's going to be stopping by for a three-hour show from 3 to 6 at the 3M Championship, TPC Twin Cities. Let's throw it back to the TCL Broadcast Studios where our guy Murph, in for Dave Harrigan, has some questions of significant importance. Also, in 15 minutes from now, Mike Zimmer with a strange press conference regarding Anthony Barr today. Yes. We'll talk to Matthew Collar yeah, about that. going on at, in Egan. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to the bottom of it in about 15 minutes from now. Go ahead, Murph. All right, so yesterday we saw Lamar Jackson make his preseason debut. What I want to know from you guys is who is the first rookie quarterback to see action during the regular season? Ooh. Well, the, the, I'm trying to think of the, all the candidates. So Sam, Sam Darnold, yep. uh, Josh Baker Rosen. Mayfield, Josh Rosen. Josh Allen and uh, Lamar Jackson. Josh Allen feels like he might have to sit for a while. You know what, Lamar Lamar Jackson, if he's the number two quarterback behind Joe Flacco, Joe Flacco has been so bad the last couple of years, it wouldn't shock me at all if, if Lamar Jackson plays well in the preseason. It wouldn't shock me at all if if he were a starter pretty early. I mean, you have to get over the fact that Flacco is a Super Bowl winning franchise quarterback who makes twenty million dollars, and and there'd be a that'd be a it would be a permanent change. Like it would be something you wouldn't just do it lightly. But the Ravens say he's having a great training camp, so I trust in Joe Flacco completely because uh, of that. I'm sure, yeah. So I, I might even lean, even though he wasn't the highest drafted quarterback, I might even lean just situationally with Lamar Jackson, but it's going to depend on how soon Cleveland wants to put Baker Mayfield in. But they've got a nice buffer in Tyrod Taylor. Um, Rosen has a decent buffer if he's healthy in, in Sam Bradford. I might lean Lamar. I might actually lean Lamar Jackson. I... I mean, if you're Baltimore and you got a decent defense from last year and and you're used to winning and Joe Flacco is the thing that's been holding you back largely for a couple years, it would it would not shock me if they pulled the trigger on that. I believe in sticking with what I've said on this show previously and on Monday during our first round of five very important National Football League predictions. I told you guys that the first backup, uh, first round pick to play, Josh Rosen in Arizona combination of Bradford gets hurt. I think Rosen's a smart enough kid to quickly uh, adjust and adapt. Uh, so 
I predicted, and I will stick with it, James, that Josh Rosen will be the first guy, the first of those quarterbacks to play. Yeah, and if you, if uh, Sam, Sam Darnold too is, an, it, it just kind of depends. My guess is uh, that they're going to lean on either Bridgewater or McCown to start the season, but. You wouldn't be shocked if any of these guys, because that's the pattern in the NFL. You Absolutely. don't you don't sit for two or three years like Aaron Rodgers did twelve years ago. You get in there and you play. Now, if it's backup quarterbacks who are most likely to get trucked by a defensive end and get buried, it'll, it's then it's Josh Rosen, right? Because Sam, Sam Sam Bradford, Bradford is he takes one hit and as children peel him off the mat. Once said of Tavares, well, he, he tried to defend him by saying he's not a China doll. Sam Bradford can be a China doll. Yeah. All right, Murph. I was just going to add, too, it's, it's a little interesting that all five of those situations, it's, I mean, I guess maybe besides Joe Flacco, but you have that buffer quarterback. It's not like it's a franchise quarterback who's, who's waiting out his career, or, or it's not like there, there's going to be a battle. It's, it's, it, there's a one-year guy in front of all these rookies, so just kind of, kind of interesting yeah. there. That's yeah. a smart move. Yeah, and, and actually, most of them, if not all of them, are one-year one guys who have been absolutely viable starters before. Mm-hmm. Not like, oh, it's a one-year backup who's just being elevated right. because we're looking for a patchwork guy. I mean, it's not Mc- Sean McCown, Right. I was going like to say. Like, McCown has been viable before. Yeah. Bradford's been viable. Bradford was the number one overall pick. He's been viable. The only iffy one would be A.J. McCarron, I suppose, in, in Buffalo. But other than that, yeah, Tyrod Taylor for, for Baker Mayfield. All, all of yeah. them are, are definitely starters. But couldn't you make a case, and I get that, that Josh Allen's the one that you spent a top resource on, a, a, a top draft pick on. They're probably treating AJ McCarron like they would treat a quarterback they would have drafted in the first or second round because no, you know, we haven't really seen much of AJ McCarron, and people kind of wonder, including the Bills, is he a franchise quarterback? So my strategy there would be see what you have in AJ McCarron, and if he's really good for the first seven or eight games, now it's a good problem to have because now you've got this first round draft pick and this unknown commodity that has shown himself to be a starting quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so last night there was four penalties called for uh, lowering the crown of the helmet. I'm not exactly sure if that's what it's called, but um, is the NFL enforcing this rule in the preseason like they will during the regular season, or do you feel like they're going to walk it back once the preseason's over? Uh, no, I feel like I feel like it's going to be a mess throughout the exhibition schedule, and then, James, I feel like it's going to be a mess for the first four weeks or so, and then I think they start to try and... Walk it back might be too strong because I think they are going to, to try and enforce this. Uh, but I think that you're going to have you're going to have a team probably in the regular season lose a game on, on this, and all hell is going to break loose. And then at that point, we will try and clarify what, what this rule should be. Yeah. But hey, look, I get what they're trying to do, and I can appreciate it. But I don't think that there's clarity here. And I and what drives me crazy is why didn't you just adopt the college system and say, when in doubt of ejection or a crucial call, you can go look at a replay and be like, yes, this was definitely intentional or it was not. Um, so by making this a bang-bang play in which a decision has to be made, some very poor decisions yeah. are going to be made. And I think what you're going to have is I think you're, you're going to have in the month of September – some very questionable calls, and then I think the walking it back and starting to clarify happens sometime in October. I think they're going to walk it back because I think they're going to be too afraid on these bang-bang subjective calls late in games especially. Excuse me, I've got the, got the hiccups over here. Uh-oh. Um, Drink some of that water. I think they're going to be too afraid to kind of shrug their shoulders and be like, ah, we're going to decide a game on this. But another point, to the, to the new rules, the crown of the helmet 
emphasis and now the we can get back to this later in the show too. The Anthony Barr, Aaron Rodgers rule, where if you, you your whole body or or most of your body weight lands on a quarterback, it's a flag. If you're going to start to put things like that in that are subjective, you better start to allow for reviews on those penalties. I better be able to throw one of my challenge flags, and you go take a second look at that crucial penalty. My linebacker just had a key sack on a quarterback to to basically force a punt that wins us the game. And you're wiping that out with a 15-yard penalty that you thought you saw going 100 miles an hour? Because you go take a second look at that. Because all his weight, if he had yeah. just put 58% of his weight on that quarterback, I wouldn't have called yeah. it. Instead of 80%. Or is it 75% of his weight? Just uh, we'll redefine it next offseason. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. All right, boys. For the final question, uh, earlier in Write That Down, I told you that Kirk Cousins would be in the top three for QBR, so we're going to do this. Now, humans compete. We like rankings. Phil and Judd rank them on 1500 ESPN. Rank your top three quarterbacks based on QBR for the 2013 season. And, uh, the 2013 season? Sorry, I 2015 can do that really. 2013 season. That was one of my favorite years. 2018. <laughs> what am I doing? I was looking at something else. Uh, for the, That's a for question the 2018 you can answer. Um... I don't think one, two, number three. <laughs> I don't think Kirk Cousins is going to be among the top three. Well, you're just not a believer, then. I think he's going to be fine, but I think it's a, I think it's a little aggressive. You know, who, well, he's not going to play enough this year. You know, who was number one in QBR last year is Carson Wentz, but I don't know if he's going to qualify. Yeah, Case but, Keenum was number two in QBR. D- Deshaun yeah. Watson was up there before he got hurt. Yep, I'm, like I'm, a lot. I'm still going to put Tom, Tom, Tom. In the top three, okay. Number two. I love I love James on the sound effects right now. He's feeling comfortable. Tom, Tom. <laughs> I Tom. hope Harrigan's coming back soon, or else uh, <laughs> that chair could be changing. Um, I'm gonna. You know what? I'm gonna go with Alex Smith. Alex Smith in a new system, having a. Oh, the Redskins are gonna be very happy, is what you're saying. He's gonna have a good season. The Redskins are gonna be very competitive. And then number one. <laughs> this man. Part of me wants to go Jared Goff, even though he was like 20th last year in, in QBR. I think Jared Goff might take a step up. Um, I'm going to say Russell Wilson. Russell Ooh. Wilson will emerge back into that category. So Tom Brady, Alex Smith, and Russell Wilson, according to QBR, will be your three best quarterbacks. Unless, unless Carson Wentz plays enough to qualify, I would maybe put him back in there too. All right. Number three. I'm going to assume that this guy comes back early enough uh, to definitely qualify. And this this was a guy I saw right before he got hurt who I said I will watch every one of his games if possible because I, I so enjoyed watching his performance for the Houston Texans against Seattle, Deshaun Watson. Deshaun, all right. I really like him. He's a smart quarterback. He's fun to watch. Uh, he will be number three. Number two. All right, the last two are not going to be exciting. They're going to be predictable. But um, I got a feeling the Saints are going to have a very good year. And I got a feeling that that's going to be generated by a guy who made a miraculous comeback at U.S. Bank Stadium and his stupid defensive back messed it up. But Drew Brees is going to be number two. He's nearing the end, but my God, what what he did, the fact that what he did against the, the Vikings was overshadowed is great if you're a Viking fan, but if you're a football fan, yeah. that was exceptional football. He's still great. Number one. If you guys remember on Monday during our five 
NFL predictions that we did, I told you guys that Aaron Rodgers was going to be the National Football League MVP for 2018. That means he will be number one on this list. He is going to come back and have the ultimate bleep you season, and the bleep you is going to be to the Vikings. It's going to be to the National Football League, and most importantly, it's going to be to his own team, the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers is going to be exceptional this year. I love all the stories that come out about, like, Rodgers' extension, Rodgers' extension, and every time Rodgers is just like, yeah, whatever. I'm, why would I sign an extension? Whatever. I have, yeah. I have two, two years left on my deal, yeah. and you guys are terrible. As soon as they improve. Yeah. Uh, hey, on-air production meeting, James, am I going to uh, have a chat with my buddy Dale Tondrick here in this next spot block? You will not. Okay. I just want to check. Okay. Um, <laughs> Dale doesn't like you anymore? No, I just, Did I Dale give up on you? I'm not, we're not in studio, so I can't see the screen. I know. All right. Matthew Collar is going to join us next. Mike Zimmer had some, I don't know, something bizarre to say about Anthony Barr. Let's, let's get to the bottom yeah. of this when we come back from the 3M championship. What is it you're trying to say? All right, this is weird. So Matthew Collar covering Vikings training camp. Find him on the Purple Podcast, 1500ESPN.com. Uh, so uh, what, what happened at Winter, what, Winter Park? What happened at uh, the, the, the Vikings practice facility today with Mike Zimmer bringing up he wants to shoot down a report that Anthony Barr is going to be traded, but no one has any idea which report he's talking about? Yeah, so yesterday, Anthony Barr coming off the field, uh, he didn't practice 11 on 11 yesterday. So when he came off the field, he had kind of an odd comment about why he didn't practice. He said, uh, I'm not going to say anything about that, and you'll have to ask the head man. And, you know, you thought, okay, if it was like an injury, he could have just said, oh, I tweaked something, or he could have just said, I don't want to talk about it at all. But instead he said, you have to ask Zimmer. So it was a bit of an odd comment, and when everybody put it out there, then fans started talking about, well, does this mean he's getting traded because he got pulled off the practice field or whatever else? Now, I mean, of course, who knows, but, you know, fans are going to jump on that sort of thing. So somewhere along the line, this ended up getting to Mike Zimmer, who thought there was a report that they were trading Anthony Barr, and then he changed his media availability to come out early and declare that they were not trading him and that the report that didn't exist was erroneous. If that okay. So, so Collar, we can let's start to put the pieces of this thing together from what we know and what we don't know. We can now definitely be sure that, that something weird is going on. I mean, I don't know what, but, it, and we talked about this uh, in the first hour of the show that, you know, that Barr was either hurt, which was unlikely. He was either not, not taking part in team activities because of his contract, or, or he was about to sign a long-term contract, and they were just going to wait before he took part in team activities. I think we now can can at least safely say that this definitely has something to do with the contract, and it's very unlikely that he is on the precipice of signing a long-term extension. Is that, is that a safe route to go down in your mind? I don't really know. I mean, because with Zimmer, if one person was talking about it somewhere and told him that it was out there, I could see him going off the handle and wanting to announce that that wasn't happening. I could totally see that because of other things that have happened in the past where he would talk about, oh, people are saying this or people are out to get him or whatever else. And it's like, dude, you're the most popular sports figure in this town right now, I think. So uh, nobody is out to get you and whatever. I mean, it's just it's paranoid coaches, and it definitely happens to him. 
So I wouldn't be surprised if it was nothing and he just heard something and wanted to address it. Uh, but I also wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, if there was something going on here. I mean, I mean, who comes out like that on speculation? I mean, we speculate on stuff all the time. It's not like ESPN had this or Bleacher Report or somebody legitimate was putting it out there. I mean, this at best was just fans talking about the potential to trade Barr. So, I mean, my first thought was, oh, does this mean they're trading him then? Because why are you needing to get out in front of this and try to talk about it? And some fans have brought up that the same thing happened when they traded Percy Harvin. So, you know, at this point, I'm kind of at, like, who knows? Would you trade him? What would, what, what would it take for you to trade <laughs> Anthony Barr? Let's get Zimmer well, I mean, to talk about take, it. It, it would take knowing the uh, return. But, I mean, I wouldn't take it entirely off the table. I think well, like, what would it, what would it take really, for you to – what would it take for you to, if you're Rick Spielman and some, you know, three teams are interested and they, oh, we'll give you a first-round pick. Would you take a first-round pick for him? No, not now. I mean, not, not at this point. You don't need the first-round pick. You need to win the Super Bowl this year. Yeah. And you need a guy who's a key part of your defense. Now, if they said, hey, uh, how's Earl Thomas for uh, Anthony Barr and you can re-sign Thomas to a long-term contract, then I might be like, hmm, okay, now let's talk. But, I mean, that's the thing about NFL trades, right? And that's what makes this whole thing even weirder is that NFL trades just don't really happen all that often. And if you're the Vikings and you're thinking Super Bowl, you're not going to trade one of the starters on your defense for a draft pick. That just wouldn't make any sense. Although, the Patriots did that with Jamie Collins, so it can happen. But there's nobody else behind Anthony Barr to take that position, so it would have to be somebody replacing him unless they were really high on Ben Gideon, which I don't think. So it, it's just another weird thing, and I end up wondering, like, can we ever have two normal days in a row no. with the Minnesota Vikings? I, I don't think so. I don't think it's possible. Absolutely not, Collar. Um, all right, boys. I, I'm a little bit confused here by something. I respect the fact that the Vikings uh, target what they believe to be their good young players and lock them up to long-term contracts, okay? But the whole bar thing has me a little bit perplexed in this sense. If I'm not mistaken, under his fifth-year option, he's going to make $12 million plus this year. Correct, Matthew? That is correct, yes. Okay. What? It's almost like nobody wants to play or accepts the fact that they're going to play for what is, by the way, a very lucrative deal in the last year. I get that it's not ideal, but to me this shouldn't be that big of a deal. He is signed. You can do a contract extension during the course of the season. You can do it next spring. Like, this is becoming, this almost feels like it's becoming contentious, and I don't think it should be. I think the reality of this sport and this business is you're going to lock some guys up. That's not going to be everybody. And so there's this feeling that I'm getting that this is becoming a real problem as if he is, as if he is not signed for 2018. Yeah. Could I also add to what you just said? He's good, but he's not good enough. He's not like Aaron Donald good where, you know what, if I just keep sitting out, they're going to blink because they need me. And he's also not he, getting screwed. No, he's like not. He's making a lot of, this is a lot of money. No, and of course, if he has a pulled hamstring and that's why he's sitting out, then, you know, this is all just pointless speculation. But we don't know that because they're not talking about injuries. Well, so here's the, the odd thing about the way that this was handled. And I guess uh, my understanding is he was tried to... Um, People tried to talk him out of it, but usually when you try to talk him out of it, uh, that doesn't work very well. So, um, you know, the, the odd thing about it to me is that it really hasn't been a huge storyline. I mean, they signed Diggs, 
And Anthony Barr had a quote earlier this offseason where he said, look, guys, I'm making $12 million this year. I'm not hard up for money. It's fine. You know, this is business and, and whatever else. And so he's tried to downplay it for the most part. Um, it's a conversation because he's the last guy of many that hasn't uh, been signed, you know, the, the star players, the starting players. But until this moment, it was kind of a conversation we were having of like, okay, so what does he mean to the defense? Is he worth it? Will they do it? But I don't think that it felt like dramatic in any way until this moment. <laughs> and so it's like, you did that, Mike Zimmer. You made this into something that now is, is more of a conversation piece when it really wasn't. So the, you know, the, the thing I've always kind of appreciated about Mike Zimmer as a head coach is yeah. that he is not a PR man. I mean, yep. he just kind of says, says what he wants to say, and then we get a lot of truth from him, and I learn a lot about football from him on a daily basis, and that's awesome. But in this case, if you're on the PR side, you've got to be like, Mike, you just started a conversation that didn't exist before. Yeah, so which is what... That? Which is what makes him fun, too, though. I mean, because most oh, for sure. most co- coaches would have said, well, it's going to be kept private, and I'm not going to talk ab- about it. I do love the fact that he, that in his mind, he thinks to himself, bleep this, I heard about a report. I mean, to, uh, to go back to, to the story that you wrote about him, Matthew, this is him in the fact he, th- there are certain times he can't help himself. You're right, and that's, what is uh, makes it a little bit of a wild ride at times following mm-hmm. Mike Zimmer because you really can't skip out on press conferences. I mean, there are many coaches in the league that you will hurt yourself rolling your eyes at all the cliches and things, and uh, that's not the case. But it was interesting with this Barr thing to hear him then uh, emphatically talk about how important Barr was to this defense. And he was saying that you know, when other teams game plan – they have to worry about Anthony Barr. They have to think about where he's going to be and all the different things that he could do, which I think is a good point. Now, I look at the position as being one, if he doesn't pick up big sack totals or big pressure totals, then you know, as far as how much you're paying, um, you don't really want to break the bank for that type of player. But, I mean, it's a good point that you know, Barr's uh, versatility and the, all the different things he can do does make him valuable. So, I, I mean, I, I don't know where they as far as how much they would be willing to pay him, how much they can pay him. But we are starting to get to the point where this could be a little tough when it comes to just you know paying everybody with Cousins' contract and, and then Diggs and, and Hunter and all those guys. But you could make it work. So I, yeah. I don't know where we stand. I mean, almost any outcome here wouldn't surprise me. If he was traded this afternoon, I wouldn't be stunned. If he was re-signed this afternoon, I wouldn't be stunned. All right, so his performance, Matthew, the last couple of years, and by the way, Matthew Collar's with us, covers Vikings training camp, 1500ESPN.com, Purple Podcast. This might be hard to quantify, but as best as you can, how wide is the gap between how good Anthony Barr could be on a regular basis versus where he's at the last couple of years? Yeah, that's a great question, and that's what they're going to have to balance because when you look at his game by game, there are a lot of games where he's a dominant player. And, you know, you could point to the beginning of last season. How about in Chicago last year? That's the one that stands out to me, where he was everywhere. He was blowing up plays in the backfield. He was good on coverage. He was rushing the passer. And what Zimmer mentioned, I think, is true that Barr is a smart player and understands the game really well. So you can ask him to do all sorts of different things, and you don't have to limit him at all. And that, that's important. But then when you go game by game, there are far too many that he's just a ghost. 
and that he doesn't make an impact on over the last two years. And that's where you wonder about, like, okay, I, I, his skill set is through the roof. That's why he was a first-round pick. But is he worth it over a replacement player, even if you had to limit the other player, but would he be more consistent? I think that's going to be a question that they ask when Anthony Barr comes and says that he's worth $14 million a year. So, Collar, let me see if I have this straight. During the course of the 2018 season, if a defender chases a quarterback and said quarterback unloads the ball at the last second, said defender can still hit the quarterback and use approximately 54% of his weight to land on, on the quarterback without a flag being thrown. But if the defender is deemed to use 100% of his weight to land on the quarterback, that becomes a 15-yard penalty. Is that correct? Because that's really simple. Okay, yes, that is correct. And Thank you. Now Zimmer said, but Zimmer said the rule hasn't changed, and I don't believe the rule has changed at all. It's just that they are emphasizing the rule now as opposed to whatever that means, right? Now, let me tell you about the funny thing. I love that. that. There's, like, so many We're, rules, and, there's, and the book is so dusty. Like, oh, we found a rule that we don't yeah. emphasize enough now. It's been in there. We just It's like a 900-page book, so... <laughs> Which is more like Aaron Rodgers got hurt and was real mad. So now we're trying to make it. <laughs> For sure. Rodgers Thank happy. you. For sure. I mean, 100%. That, that, it just couldn't be any more transparent. Some guy who's important to us got hurt, and we don't want that to happen to anybody else, the star quarterback. And I respect that. I respect that this league has said, you know what? Quarterbacks used to, like, have to retire at age 32 and get killed out there. Let's not do that anymore so we can keep Tom Brady playing football till he's 41. I mean, that's. I think that's a good strategy overall. But the funny thing about today's press conference was Zimmer came out and announced that the report that doesn't exist was fake. And we all looked at each other so baffled by this that some guy just said, so what would you think of uh, the penalties in the Hall of Fame game last night? <laughs> that was the next question because we never saw it coming. So then eventually yeah. we circled back to it. But uh, that was just sort of a, one of those funny things like, okay, uh, and moving on quickly. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, – hey, one more thing for you. So we did, a, we did a half hour on this earlier in the show, our frustration about – how the Gophers are never relevant in college football, but we want to be excited about college football. And, and, I, and I told Judd, I've had a backup team my whole life because my grandfather played at Notre Dame, and so Notre Dame's always been my backup team to root for in college football. And so we went through Judd's whole life. Where has he lived? Where has he most frequently vacationed? And we came up with a full list of like 10 or 15 potential college football teams to be his backup. And we narrowed it down to four finalists, and the people can vote on my Twitter account, at Phil Mackey. I'm going to give you the four teams. You tell us who you think Judd Zulgad should cheer for as his backup college football team. Okay, Matthew? Okay, we've got, I'm ready. We've got Boston College. Judd loves vacationing in Boston. Yep. We've got USC. Judd was born in Southern California. We've got the U, Miami. Judd spends a lot of time vacationing in South Florida. And we've got the Navy midshipmen who never pass, they only run the ball because Judd lived in Maryland at one point. Yeah, lived in so, Baltimore. So Navy, USC, Boston College, and Miami. Okay, so Boston College is awful. And if they get the next Matt Ryan, they might be good again. But even then, they weren't that great with Matt Ryan. Yep. Um, if, it's, if it's Miami, they haven't really been super relevant in a while. That's tough. USC, if they get relevant again, all their wins will be vacated. So don't go with that one. <laughs> That's uh, true. I think that the obvious answer is uh, is Navy. Yes, you're oh, with me. No. You're with me. No, yes. I mean, I'm not sure I like this. And all, 
And also, I mean, the triple option. Come on. Like, it's amazing. Yes. That's classic. They were yeah. their quarterbacks were a combined 42 of 102 last year passing and they, but they ran the ball like 900 times for a bunch of yards and all their games are on cable. They're on CBS Sports Network. You can find them. They're available. I don't know if I like this idea. I I think that this is perfect. It's almost like watching history. It's almost like going back in time. <laughs> But I have to watch the this team then, Collar. You're going like to it, become, it becomes my team. I have to watch. I have to find them on CBS Sports N- Network with Jay Feely oh. calling the game. No, see, the best part, Judd, is that they'll end up in some random bowl game, and then you and I can watch together. It's very exciting. Listen, Coach. <laughs> not kidding. Coach Ken. Coach Ken has won. Uh, he won the military bowl last year. He's won four out of his last five bowl games, and Navy hasn't missed a bowl game since 2011. They win nine they, or ten games. They win eleven and two a couple years ago. All right. The Gophers never give you that hey, kind of joy. If they're picked, they're picked. <laughs> if they're the picked, they're is picked. Too obvious. Too obvious. Easiest choice ever. Yes. All right, Matthew. See thanks you, for Collar. the update. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Math- Matthew Collar from fifteen hundred ESPN dot com and the world renowned Purple Podcast, which is the best Vikings podcast you're going to find. This is a weird. This is weird. It, the bar thing? Yeah. It's very, I mean. Why would he just, like, wh- where is Zimmer getting the re- the report of him being traded? I don't, I don't know, but Mike is, and I, I, I sense, and I guess I'm not surprised by this, I've sensed, I think Mike is becoming more emboldened in thinking, do, doing things his way, PR-wise, is the right way. A couple days ago, he announced that he doesn't have to tell us anything about injuries, which is true during training camp, Yeah, but he, he made it sound like that's true across the board, and he looked at, at uh, Hagen, the PR guy, and said, should I say this? And Bob's like, no, don't say it. And he still said it. And it's like, you know, Mike, you might just want to coach the football team. Like, why would you? Ernest, Ernest, he just created a hornet's nest about Anthony Barr yeah. that could have died really easily. Yeah. We're way up against the clock, so let's, let's take a break here. We're, we're hanging out at the 3M Championship at TPC Twin Cities, and Royce will be here at 3 o'clock, too, this afternoon. So 1500 ESPN. We're all over. We're all over everything, including the porta-potties. You can find our new uh, messaging campaign. It's our stream. <laughs> all right, we'll be back in a couple minutes. We need your help choosing our finalists for Sportscaster Idol. Our judges have narrowed down the field to the top 10, and those auditions have been posted on our website. After watching them, vote for your favorite, and you can vote once daily. The contestant with the most votes will join the judges' three picks on stage at the State Fair for the Sportscaster Idol finale. Check out all the auditions at 1500ESPN.com, keyword idol. Thanks, Murph. Mackie and Judd here at the 3M Championship. You know, you couldn't pay me enough. You'd have to you'd have to put so many more zeros and commas on my salary to be an NFL official right now. Oh, I know. I mean, well, oh, I've said I, this for yeah. I'm going to read this again because we we just alluded to it again with Matthew Collar in that yeah. last segment. But, but it's been three hours since we really dove into this. Yeah. Uh, and Courtney Cronin has a wonderful explanation, as as good as it can be, from the NFL and NFL official Pete Morelli, who. Uh, was trying to explain the new emphasis on Rule 12, Article 9, which explains why Anthony Barr's hit on Aaron Rodgers last year would now be a penalty. But it wasn't last year because they weren't emphasizing it, but it's not a new rule. I'm confused here. It wasn't a penalty last year because they weren't emphasizing it, or were they just wrong that it, that it should have been a penalty? Yeah. Here's his explanation. Um, actually, I believe this is from the rule. This is from the rule. A rushing defender is prohibited from committing such intimidating and punishing acts 
as stuffing a passer into the ground or unnecessarily wrestling or driving him down after the passer has thrown the ball. Even if the rusher makes his initial contact with the passer within the one-step limitation, when tackling a passer who is defenseless, which means just after or during throwing a pass, a defensive player must not unnecessarily or violently throw him down or land on top of him with all or most of the defender's weight. Instead, the defensive player must strive to wrap up. Strive, by the way. Must strive. Yep. You've got to try not to make sure your body weight is on him. Yep. You must strive to wrap up the passer with the defensive player's arms and not land on the passer with all or most of his body weight. Can you imagine being an NFL linebacker or an edge rusher? And there are 30 seconds left in the Super Bowl. Yep. And a quarterback rolls out and you're trying to protect a five-point lead, and they're driving inside the red zone, Yep. and he rolls out, and, like, the last thing that goes through your mind is, oh, God, if I tackle him and don't somehow athletically kneel from the matrix-like roll off of him without 80% of my body weight landing on him or more, I'm going to get a 15-yard penalty. Like, can you imagine all those things that are going through your head? I'm all for protecting quarterbacks, well, how about, but yeah, come on. And how about being the official who's supposed to throw a flag that completely decides the game? Uh, yeah. The rule, okay, I found it. The rule, they did tweak the rule. They changed a word. Oh, they changed a word? They changed a word. The, pre, the 2017 National Football League rulebook read that a player must not unnecessarily or violently, violently throw the quarterback down and land on top of him. What's, so what's it was, the new part? So it was twofold. The and is gone. It's now or. <laughs> I'm dead serious. They, they took the and out and they made it or land on top of him. I mean, this is, but this is why this job's impossible. This so, is why people are quitting. Wait, wait. So they went through a rule book that I believe is hundreds of pages, right? Yeah. And they come through it so finely that they changed and to or. Yeah, it's right here. Pro football in, talk. In Article 9 of Rule 12. Yes. It was, it was and. See the, the, the emphasized by Pro Football Talk and in 2017 rule book. You know what? And now That's brilliant. It's an emphasized brilliant. or land on top of him. Here's Pete Morelli, a poor referee Pete who's Mo- trying to interpret this. Pete Morelli just went back to his day job today. Explain to teams and explain to players. He said players will have to kind of roll to the side when they make that tackle instead of plopping down on the quarterback. Yeah. So if you're coming straight at him. And you make the hit. Yep. You've got to somehow roll off of him or or roll away right, rather than landing on top of him or drag your foot also, or something. They're also giving you the leeway as the defender that if you use ninety three point three percent of your body weight, that's okay. They don't have it's an actual percentage. No, do they? no, they don't. But the fact that okay. they included <laughs> you can't. It wouldn't use, shock me. How, how in real time is a human being, by the way, who's supposed to look for eight thousand things? Like you're supposed to look for if you're an official. You're, you're supposed to be looking for all yeah. these things. You then are supposed to immediately deduct, I think that was all of that man's body weight. I guess he was maybe, he was dragging a foot. Or was it a toe? Because if it was a toe, it's most of his body hey, weight. If it was a foot, it's an extra five on, pounds. Like I, on the bar trade thing? Oh, God. On the bar trade thing, it just came to me. This is reckless as it can possibly be. And, and this is not, I don't, I don't know this, but I think I just figured it out. Is it Zimmer planting seeds with other teams? Partially. But more so this one. Zimmer doesn't like to be screwed with. Like, you don't tell, you don't dictate the terms of what you're going to do to him. So, like, I, like bar. Bar. Right? 
I think the bar camp asked for a trade. I think they're trying to do a contract, and they're not getting what they want, and Diggs just got a big deal. And so the bar camp is like, we're going to ask for a trade, and Zimmer's like, bleep you, I'm beating you to the punch. So they said, we're gonna, our guy is not going to participate in these risky full squad drills. Correct. And we would prefer, if you don't extend him, we would prefer a trade. Correct. And instead of him, instead of Zimmer just thinking, okay, this is all internal, and, and no one knows this outside of us. I'm going to make it clear. He framed it as... Oh, there's a re- there's a report out there Correct. or some stuff out there that <laughs> he's not he's not dumb. He knows there's no report out there. I mean, there is no if Pro Football Talk says we can't find it. That's what they there. do. It's not yeah. out there. So there's that's a really re- interesting. So there's a method to the madness, mm-hmm. and I think and, and this so might how not does it end? And this might not be the smart play, but I think you don't in Zimmer's mind. If you're going to try to screw with him, he's going to get ahead of you. What, what do you I, think the end? Like, I don't know. I'm just he, saying, I'm trying to figure out why he did this. This makes, makes no sense. sense. It's this either, an, it's no either sense. an injury or it's something contract-related. Yes. But why, yeah. would, but why would Zimmer cite a report that he knows is not being circulated unless the bar camp said, we are going to, we, are, we, we will give you a day, and then we're going to, to demand a trade? Yeah. And also, you brought this up with Collar. I think it's pretty obvious that he's not on the verge of an extension, or it wouldn't have been oddly contentious today, right? Right. Because if, if, if all parties knew that, oh, he's just... He's just sitting out because we're waiting for the ink to dry on this yeah. language. Then it wouldn't got like it. It wouldn't have even been. It they would just say, oh, we'll just announce it tomorrow. Absolutely. So Anthony Barr's not happy. Yep. Mike Zimmer knows. I like the theory. And Mike Zimmer knows that there's been a trade demand. And so he brings it to the public in a way to sort of reverse the leverage. Correct. Right. Wow. And cuts them off to a certain degree. Cuts mm-hmm. them off at the knees. Because now if they come out and demand a trade, he's already said, we're, oh, we're not, not going trading to trade you. Them. Interesting. Yeah, it wouldn't be this shot. is definitely now, contentious. Now I'm that's curious to word. see, is Anthony Barr the type of player, too, that's going to be able to easily, let's say the Vikings say, Dude, we're, we're, you're going to play out the final year of your contract. I mean, we're, we're going to use you this year, and then we're going to take the $12 million in cap space, and like we'll say goodbye to you, that's fine. Is he going to be able to play? Because on one hand, if he doesn't play well, he's not going to get a big contract in free agency. Correct. On the other hand, he has admitted and has been accused of by his coach not going 100% in games already as it is in the past couple seasons, right? Right. Hmm. I think we've entered, and this, and this is my confusion and frustration, I think we've entered an era with people around Barr's age, though, where you can't just go, go to him and say, you're making a ton, have a good year, and explore your options. There's, there's now this, I mean... Yeah, it's it, viewed as a it, snub if you don't extend him for yeah, five years. It, 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 yeah. feels like, it feels like he's being grossly un- underpaid mm-hmm. and that the Vikings are doing him wrong. Aaron Donald is being grossly underpaid. Yeah. Here's another thing, too. If all of this goes toward, well, listen, players are going to try and use leverage because they don't have guaranteed contracts, and whenever they have leverage points, they're going to try and use them to try and get guaranteed contracts at some point in collective bargaining, to which I would say, you can get guaranteed contracts at some point, but this is going to happen all the time where you're going to have two-year deals instead of five-year deals. Oh, we'll guarantee your oh, contract. Absolutely. But yes. it'll be a two-year deal, and everyone's always going to be on the verge of free agency. Yes. So are, are, are they going to sit out then? The, like, the, is, it, is this The Cousins' guaranteed contract will be the norm. Yeah. Three years. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get eight years. Not that, guaranteed. That's, that's, those contracts are folly. Those contracts aren't real. Yeah. So, but there's something. There's got to be something in play here, and the only thing I can... Zimmer knows full well that there's no report about Bard demanding a trade, so why would he take this public? That's really interesting. And the fact that he looked, that he, uh, according to what you've heard, he looked over to the PR director and said, should I say this? And the PR director's like, no, you shouldn't. That and was did about anyways. the injury thing, yeah. Okay, okay. But, but, but still, I just think that he's at the point now, 
where, where there has to be a strategy here. Because it would make no sense for him to just completely go off half-cocked. That's some good reckless speculation. But that's educated reckless speculation. Well, I've seen this before, and there's always a reason why. Mm-hmm. There's always a reason for why. Sure. And this one just seems... This, this is turning oddly contentious, though. Yeah. Interesting. All right, Mackie and Judd hanging out here at the 3M Championship at TPC Twin Cities. Judd, I've got, I've got some poll results here for your backup college football team. Okay. I, I'm rooting hard for Navy here, but Navy is Navy's in second place. Miami right now is in the lead at 35%. Navy, 31%. USC, 20%. Boston College, 14%. Okay. Navy would be more fun because it's just different. Yeah, it's, I it's really... A little, it's a, I don't, kind of a hipster team to like. I might have a tough time sticking to them. So I got to admit I'm not huge on them being uh, the, okay. the victor, the winner. Who was second? I'm, you're, I'm saying, you're saying, uh, well, Navy is second. Oh, okay. Miami is number one. Miami's number one. See, I... Now, Miami I, has Mark Richt. They went to the Orange Bowl last year. They were 10-3. We, and three. Could we get me a turnover chain? Because yeah, I, so, oh, I, sure. so, I sort of like the idea of me doing the show on Fridays during the fall with a turnover chain on. I'm going to go to Amazon or eBay. I'm going to buy. Yeah, you can buy them. Look at this. Don't eBay. you think I'd sport one well? I got one on eBay here. There's a, I think it'd be a good look. There's a, it's a 36-inch. It's only like 30 bucks. I'm, I got to think that it's That's okay. probably a fake Oh, yeah. Yeah, we should get that. High-quality Miami Hurricanes $45? gold turnover yeah. chain. Oh, it's a replica. That's fine. We'll start it out with a replica. If you if you really get hard into uh, you know being a fan, maybe we can get you the. F- oh, look at this! And it's one hundred percent satisfaction guaranteed. <laughs> well, then I well, there'd be no problem at all. If that's the case, <laughs> do people wear these. Are, are there people just rolling around South Beach? In, do you do you not in think speedos and turnover chains? If I showed up in a turnover chain for each Friday show, <laughs> I think it'd be great. Look at that. There's a bunch of them. Here's one. This is a little more. This is, uh, oh, this is 18 karat gold. See, now that's going to be a little lot of money. 18 karat gold turnover chain for $80 in free shipping. Oh, that's Look at not. That. You see, now the, the fake one was, was $29.99, but it was $15 shipping. Yeah. This would almost be the better investment. It is, easily. Yeah. Yeah, James, I mean, come on. How can you pass this up? Not even 100 bucks. I think we should do it. I think uh, if the hurricane Hurricanes. Win, I think that would, I should get a turnover. Would change. you wear this on top of your hooded sweatshirts? Would you just put I'd it, wear it like, every Friday, yeah. around the hood, or how would this work? We'd have to figure it out, but that's fine. I would definitely be up for it. <laughs> that's great. I think it'd be great. Can we expense this, do you think? What would happen if, if, if I submitted an Suppose expense report? Dan Seaman and Brad Lane would be like, okay, turnover chain for Judd, no problem at all. <laughs> okay, uh, guess, initial that. travel to Vikings games, parking, turnover chain. Turnover chain, <laughs> initial it. Okay, no problem. <laughs> Company's very happy about this. Yes, I'm looking for a college football team. The turnover chain. You see, the turnover chain would make me feel part of something. That's what I'm missing here. I'm missing an identity in college football. Yeah. The chain would give me, I, I would be among the masses of uh, Hurricanes fans then who would have that identity. There's other ones here, too. There's a 14-karat gold one for $65. I'd spend the eight. No shipping charge? That's yeah. a good deal. I'll, I'll say the turnover chain is a good stacking right. stuffer, too, if you want to hold out to On Christmas. Monday, let's see... Whomever wins, I'll adopt that team. All right. All right. We'll see. Mackie and Judd, find us on demand, 1500ESPN.com, Mackie and Judd show page, also uh, available anywhere you would find podcasts. Great job by Murph this week, filling in for Dave Harrigan. Way to go, James. Catch you guys later.